going to fill the house and great things are going to happen this Sunday. I want to talk to you a little bit tonight. Uh, you can stand for the reading of the word of the Lord and I'll let you be seated. And we're going to continue talking about um, enemies at your table, enemies at your table. We're going to read the Lord's, uh, the Lord's Psalm, Psalms 23. Uh, we want to read that. Let's read it in concert. What that means is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it and then you repeat after me, okay? You think you can do that? Well, we're going to see. All right. The Lord is my shepherd. We may have some choir members right now. But the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me by the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let the people of God say amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. Beautiful. Beautiful. Amen. And you may be seated. I think there's so much good that can happen in a family's life or in a, a setting, uh, depending on who's at your table. And I've enjoyed, uh, I enjoy a home-cooked meal, and I don't know if anybody does that anymore. Does anybody do home-cooked meals? Raise your, my, well, I want to know why you haven't been inviting me. We got, we got a problem. And the way to a pastor's heart is through his stomach. You didn't know that? But there's just, there's so many good things that happen when you're at the right table. There's fellowship, there's food, there's laughter, there's joy, there's community. There's no happier time in my life than when all, we're not a big family, but when all of my family's at the table. And it, it, now it's chaos for a moment. It's a little chaotic with um, uh, Megan and Taylor and Chris and Lindsay and Everly and Scotland and Ezra and, and Atlas. And it's a little bit. <laughs> and I have to go, Selah, Shalom. And I enjoy it. 
enjoy having family at the table. And it's just a blessing. But the Lord's table is even greater than that. The, the psalmist said, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemy. And what that tells me is that it doesn't matter what the problem is. There's always going to be provision. Drop that in the chat. Irregardless of the problem, the chaos that's going on in your life now, whatever that is, job, family, relationships, dysfunction, broken covenant, broken agreements, there's always going to be provision at the Lord's table. And when God spreads a table, there's not meager rations. My great-grandmother, God rest her soul, grew up in the Great Depression. And those folks that lived through the Depression, they didn't ever put enough on the table. The glasses were... I don't know if we have anybody here that lived through the Depression. I don't think so. You may have had family members, but they didn't put very much milk in the glass. They didn't put a whole lot of orange juice in the glass. They kept the Christmas. I know I'm dating myself, but they kept the Christmas paper from one year to wrap your gifts. Some of y'all ain't lived through hard times. You know... There never was enough. But I want to tell you, that's not how God is. God's table is always going to be provision. It doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter how chaotic your life is right now. God is always going to be your source. And God's people, I don't, I'm a, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I don't care. What happens in the world, world's economy or how many banks fail, God's people are always going to be taken care of. I ought to have about 300 amens right now. Because God ultimately is your source. You got to believe that. I, I got that revelation a long time ago when... We went through a challenging season in our church's history and, and people were making transitions and I, I thought, Lord, what about that family and, and what, about, what about that resource? And God said, that's not your source. He said, I am your source. I command the ravens to feed the prophet. I'll command a raven, a bird in the Bible that was the most despised bird. I will tell that bird that there's a prophet by a brook and I'll put food on the raven and have that raven deliver the meal to the prophet because I'm God and I'm not, I'm not subject to the laws of nature, to the affairs of any spirit. When it's time to bless my people, I bless them in the presence. Y'all not saying nothing in the presence of the enemy. 
Somebody shout amen. Amen. I'm glad he's a God like that. Because the boss man doesn't write your check. God writes your check. All of the earth, I don't know why I'm saying this. All the earth is his. The earth is his and the fullness thereof. There's not a sparrow that falls that he don't know about it. There's not a hair that comes off our head that he don't say, I saw that. That's 3,962 and you only got 3,961 left. He said the hairs are numbered on your head. If God is managing sparrows and hares, how much more is God taking care of things that we don't even know about? (coughs) Look at your name and say, God's got this. He said, I'll prepare this table for you in the presence of your enemies. I can, I can only imagine what the provision of the Lord must be like if we could see from this dimension to the next dimension. I think about the bountiful blessing of the Lord that's provided that you don't, we don't even think about. But he said, I'll prepare that for you in the presence of your enemies. I think that God is trying to show us something to this text. That irregardless of what valley we walk through, what uncertainty we may face or feel, that in the end, whether by the grave, by grave or by rapture, God's people are going to be taken care of. I want you to, I want this to settle in your spirit. We don't always feel, remember, remember this statement, feelings are not reliable guides. You can't trust your feelings. Your feelings will lie to you. They'll be deceptive to you. You don't trust your, well, I just, I just feel like, no, you don't trust your feelings. You know, well, I feel like I'm in love with him. You don't know. I feel like I just love her. You've been in the church 30 seconds. No. That's lust, honey. I just feel like, no, no, no. It does, we don't trust feelings because a lot of us didn't feel like being here tonight. But we trust faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. My faith tells me that even though I walk through difficult times and challenging times, I, I don't know who I'm saying this to, I will fear no evil. Why? Not because I'm, I'm not afraid, but because... You are with me. You are with me. 
I was, we talked about it last night, last week, and I don't have time to rehearse uh, the enemies that can, can sit at your table. And so I need to, for the sake of time, I need to kind of jump through some of the enemies that can sit at your table. Some of the enemies that like to sit at our table. Uh, but before I do, I want to read Second Peter 2 and 9. It says this, they promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves to corruption. The screens don't want to cooperate with me. Then, then it says, for whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. And here, here's, what I want to, here's what I want to say to you. That you and I are slaves to whatever masters us. And just think about that for a minute. The scripture saying whatever has mastery over you, you are a slave to that. Some people that may, some people that's money, some people that's position, prestige, power, accolades, uh, affirmation, identity, career, status, comparison, whatever masters you, you're a slave to that. I want to be mastered by one thing, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. The enemy that I want to, I want to, I'm going to cut through all of this and the, it, so I can get to a few of these tonight and what we don't get, maybe we'll get next week. But one of the enemies that if we're not careful that can sit at our table and speak to us is this. It is a victim's mentality. A victim's mentality. It's, it's, a, it's a way of thinking that you are always going to be victimized by your past. I want to tell you, if you're, if you're hearing pastor tonight, that don't let the pain of your past... Stop the promise of your future. Don't let the pain, what you experienced in the past, don't let it stop the promise of your future. And one of the enemies that we have to deal with and address on an ongoing basis is a mentality that says, well, I'm always going to be like this. I'm never going to get a fair shake. The blessing always happens to, some, to somebody else, but it never happens to me. I'm always going to be just what I am. I'm going to be defined. Hear me. I'm going to be defined by my trauma or my experience or what somebody has done to me. And that mentality wants to stop you from being the child of God that you can become. I want to tell you, push back on a victim mentality. You are a child of God. You are made to be an overcomer. Right. 
Now, I want you to, I'm not minimizing, not minimizing your experience. But don't let your experience define you. I want you to listen to me carefully. Everybody in this building that made it to church tonight has been through stuff. Now, we all cleaned up. Hallelujah. Smell good. I even put on a spring shirt trying to cast away the rainy spirit. I don't ever wear a pink shirt. I said, I'm wearing a spring shirt tonight. Brand new Shane Eton. Eton, made in, made in Sweden. I said, I'm wearing a brand new pink shirt because I want to push back every rainy spirit in this place. I never wear pink shirts. Thank you, Dana. I was fishing for a compliment. But hear me, everybody in this building, you're sitting here and they look good tonight, but they've been through some stuff. They, they've been through orphanages. They've been through divorce. They've been through miscarriages. They've been through heartbreaks. They've been through abandonment. But you know what? They show up. They keep putting one foot in front of the other foot and they don't embrace a victim mentality. You are not a victim if you are a child of God. Somebody say, I'm not a victim. Don't act, don't act like a victim. You may not have a mom and dad in the church. Don't be a victim. Don't you feel sorry for yourself. You may not have a college education. Don't you be a victim. You may have been left. You may have been through two or three marriages. You know what? Get dressed. Come to church. Show up. Worship God. Come to the altar. Well, you just don't know what they said. We all been talked about. We all been shot. You're not the only one been through anything. We all been lied on. We all be, listen. There, when you there's only what one way. And I won't say that. Lord help me. My pink shirt's not giving me enough power. <laughs> Y'all not ready for me to say it. Because some of you walk around all the time feeling sorry for yourself because, oh, they didn't shake my hand. I didn't get invited to this birthday party. I didn't get invited. You're just whining. Stop whining. Stop whining. You're on your way to heaven. You got a roof over your head. You got clothes on your back. You're sitting here in your right mind. Stop being a victim. Stop it. Stop it. People act like they feel sorry for you. They lie and they don't feel sorry for you. You want a pity party, but nobody's going to show up for your pity party. You need, to get, you need to get something in you that stops whining about how bad you had it because we all had it bad. We've all stood at, by the side of caskets and we all been to the hospital and prayed over loved ones that didn't get better. We all been through stuff where we didn't like the way it came out, but we showed up and came to church and chose to serve God anyway. 
Stop being a victim. Stop it. Because there's people that come to this church that are a million times more worse off than you. And they never complain. There's people that are in chronic pain every day of their life and they never complain. There's people that have been broke and barely put $2 in the gas tank. I can remember those days. You didn't have enough gas to fill it up. You say, give me $5 worth of unleaded. I'm old enough. I'm not old, old, but I'm old enough. There's people that put $5 worth of gas to get them enough to get them down the road to the church house, and they're here tonight, and they're not complaining about it. So tell me about how bad. There's brothers and sisters in Venezuela that don't have food to eat tonight, and in Haiti, where the missionary can't even get in to the port, and they're gathered together under a bush or a rock somewhere, loving God. What's our excuse? Our culture's soft. Y'all can say amen. amen. It's soft. It's, it's, it's enabling and it's coddling and it's babying and you got a bell. And yeah, I feel so mild. You, I, you don't even know distress. You ain't lived long enough to be, you ain't live long enough to go through anything. I'm burnt out. You ain't live long enough to be burnt out. You got to live a while. You've got to have gone through some storm. Yeah, I got I, I gotta, I'll save, I'll have to save this for somebody else. I want, I want something to shift in your mind. And I'm, the reason I can say this is because I can say it. Because I, I, I know what I'm talking about. I know what that's like to live through a divorce home. I know what that's like to grow up around substance abuse. I know what that's like to be homeless. I know I've slept on the benches. I've, I've slept in parks. I've couch surfed. I've been home. I know what it's like to have a bench war for my arrest. I know what all of those things are like. I know what it's like to show up on Sunday and not have any family member there. I know, but I have decided that if God is my father, I am not going to be a victim. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. <coughs> Come on, really clap your hands. <coughs> you ever get frustrated with God? Be honest. I do. Not for long, because I don't want him to chastise me. I say, Lord, I'm frustrated. I'm sorry. I just real. I just. But I, I can tell you that we, we're living in a culture that wants to play the victim, really. It's everywhere. It's in school. It's at work. It's just everybody, somebody. Nobody wants to take any responsibility and just square up. And just say, yeah, this is not good, but I'm not going to allow what has happened to me to, to curse my future. That's a mindset. Great Christians, 
great leaders, great thinkers, the most valuable tool in their arsenal is a mindset. And it's a mindset that I might not have this and I might not be the right uh, nationality. I might not have this. I might not have, they don't, they don't focus on the things they don't have. They focus on the thing that they do have and they use that tool and they move forward and do great things for God and their community. I want to I wanna say this to you. Don't let that kind of enemy sit at your table. Well, I'm a single mother. Don't let that enemy sit at your table. Well, I'm a single dad. I'm raising my kids by myself. Don't you let that enemy sit at your table. You persevere. And you refuse to quit. You can quit when you die. Then the race is won. But until then, there's no such thing as quitting. And there's no such thing as retirement. And there's no such thing as throwing in the towel. We are not. I, listen. I'm not pastoring a bunch of quitters. I'm not pastoring a bunch of people that are going to be weak knees and sway back and not stand up and not make it to the finish line. We are not going to do it around here. We're not. We're not going to let that spirit get in our mind. We're not. And if somebody comes to me and they got a victim's mentality, I'm going to tell them. Now, that don't mean I'm not going to try to help you and encourage you and strengthen you. But if, you're, if you got bad thinking, then it's my responsibility to correct your thinking and let you say what the scriptures say. Let the weak say, I am strong. I am an overcomer. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't have time to talk about it, but there's another condition called learned helplessness. It's a state that occurs after a person has experienced a stressful situation repeatedly, and they come to believe that they are unable to control or change their situation, and so they don't even try when opportunities for change becomes available. It's just the way it is. I've tried. I've gone down to the altar. I've tried. I've tried. It's just this. You just learn to be helpless. Y'all not ready for this. You learn it. And you start believing this again and again and again. It can never be me. I can, I can never have a breakthrough. I can never finish a task. I can never start a business. I can never go back to school. I can never. I can never. I can never. The church cannot help me. The pastor cannot help me. The Bible, and it's even when an opportunity comes in front of you to change your life, learned helplessness is a byproduct of a victim's mentality. And it all starts in how you think. God, help us in our thinking. Help us to think, and I'm all the way at the end, help us to think God thoughts. Help us to think the way God thinks about us. Bring our minds into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. Somebody say amen. Another byproduct, and I'm, I'm only going to get to one enemy, but there'll be more. 
Another byproduct of a victim's mentality is when you got drama all around you. Huh? I said that. Oh, it's, it's this one, this brother, this sister, this co No, 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 no. It's you. You. You got drama. Oh, it's, you're, in this, you're in this pattern of your life that ever, it's always drama. My mother loves soap operas. I got church people love soap operas because your life's a soap opera. As the world turns, days of your lives, young and the restless, uh-huh, spirits, demonic spirits. I, I was a little boy and I was like, how in the name of God can anybody watch drama? But y'all do. Some people love it. They, feel, they don't know how to operate in normalcy. And so they're constantly got drama swirling around their life. It's crazy. I got enough. I don't need more drama. I don't, I, I'm not talking about life and problem. I'm talking about when, there's all, when you always go from problem to problem to problem. It probably started because you victimized yourself and you learned to be helpless and then you create drama around you based on it. I'm going to tell you, that ought to be nonsense around the people of God. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. I, know, I know I'm making you think a whole lot tonight. I want, I want you to think about what I'm saying because I want, I, want, I want you to go out, and I'm almost done, empowered. That's my goal. Have, Pastor, have you ever felt sorry for yourself? I sure have. Yeah. I've, I've, sometimes I was like, man, sh- I was so low. I was at the bottom of the ocean. I was underneath the whales. I've, I've, I've had pity parties before. I've pouted. And don't sit there like you hadn't done it either. Y'all pout worse than anybody. I'm just joking. No, some of y'all are great people. I'm just saying, here, here's my point. Here's my point. Listen to me. I'm almost done. Tim, come give them some mood music. Here's the truth. This is the truth. Everyone in this building has a proclivity to feel sorry for yourself. Everyone. Because you didn't, well, it didn't work out. I didn't get the job. I didn't get the house. Not, I didn't get the raise. I didn't, have, I didn't make the contact. I didn't have the right connections. Oh, must be, what's wrong with me? You know, why, why can't I ever catch a break? Why can't I ever close the deal? Why don't I get the bid? Why, why did this get handed to me? This wasn't my problem. Why, why am I getting blamed for it? But you know what? That don't change anything. It doesn't move you further to your goal by complaining and murmuring about what you did or did not get. You energize an enemy at your table. 
You, in, you feed it. And it robs you of the blessing and the power and the potential of what you could be tomorrow. And I say tonight that that enemy is not welcome at this table. Not welcome. We push back on any spirit that tells us we're a victim and not victorious. We push back on any spirit that says we cannot be overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We, are, we will not accept anything but victory, 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 victory in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's stand all across this building. I want you to clap your hands to the Lord right now. Give the Lord a great hand praise. Give him a great hand praise. Come on, put those hands together. If you're battling that, you want me to give you some practical I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you pray either at your chair or you can come to the altar. Let me give you some a very practical tool. When this spirit, when it comes to us, and it will, the one antidote, the, the anti-venom, if you would, to that poison is very simple. It's not complex at all. It's not a mystery. You don't have to know great theology. It's gratefulness. Simple, simple. I'm sitting there, and I want—I could tell y'all a funny story. <laughs> I don't know if I should tell you. Take a little time. I'll, I'll give you the short version. I was busy. I was—I was rushing around, and I, my mind was distracted. I was coming through the car wash, and I got a call from someone who who said they were PG&E, but they weren't. Pastor got scammed. There was a lesson in it for me. Because there was two lessons. Number one, when you least expect it, the enemy will show up. And then number two, how you respond after that will determine a lot about how you deal with that. And my response at first was not very Christian. But I recalculated and I recalibrated and I worked it all out and I said, I'm grateful. And gratefulness stops the venom and the poison of a victim mentality. So when that comes to you this week of why you're not getting this and this, you need to, you need to say, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for what I do have. I'm grateful for the goodness of God. I'm grateful for the blessing of God. I'm grateful that I have my mobility. I'm grateful I have eyes to see and ears to hear. I'm grateful for the Word of God. I'm grateful for truth. I'm grateful for righteousness and blessings. 
Is anybody grateful tonight? Come on, just raise your hands to the Lord and just thank him right now. Just thank him. Come on, thank the Lord for just a moment. I'm going to let you go. Come on, but I want you to offer up a I want you to offer up a praise of gratefulness. I want you to offer up a praise of gratefulness. I want you to say, Lord, I'm, I'm grateful for what I do have. I'm grateful for where I do live. I'm grateful that I have a great church and a great family, and I have health today. For that, Lord, I'm grateful. I'm so, so grateful. I have people that love me. I have a church that loves me. I'm surrounded by the goodness and the bounty and the blessing of God. I am so grateful. This altar's open. You can go in the name of the Lord. God bless you. Let the hand of the Lord be upon you. Let the goodness of God overtake you. I love you. I'll see you this week in Jesus' name.